Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a thousand homes per year. In today's episode, we're joined by a panel of three agents who are killing it in their listing-based businesses. Terry Fenelon, James Hearn, and Renee White share with Jeff Glover what they are doing to succeed at such a high level, along with tactics agents can implement in their own businesses. Now, let's hear from Jeff. We're, we're going to bring up our first agent panel in just a second here, and this particular group, when we look at who we're going to put on stage, a couple things we look for. Number one, who is proven? All right, uh, we're never going to put anyone on stage that, you know, well, back in my day, no, proven now. What are you doing now? A. B. Are you taking a lot of listings? The theme of the Live Unreal retreat is listings based, listings focused. So you'll find the theme of all of our panelists this week are heavy listing agents. So please join me in welcoming to the stage Mr. James Hearn, Renee White, and Terry Fenelon. Come on out. All right, so Terry, we're gonna start with you. Oh my gosh, hi. So Terry just found out that her panel was moved from t- tomorrow to today. Did that stress you out a little bit? A lot, thank you. <laughs> uh, and when I say just found out, maybe like 30 minutes ago? Yep, 30 minutes ago, did you sitting have, right there. Yep. And did you have to go through a few things to make this happen? A few things. You made it happen though, didn't you? I'm here. Exactly, all right, cool. <laughs> so Terry, um, tell us a little bit about your background um, before real estate. Obviously, you know, for those that aren't, aren't familiar with Terry, she's had a great deal of success in under 10 years. And you meet a lot of agents, including myself. Some people say, well, Jeff, of course you're, you know, you've been doing this 20 years almost, my God. Less than 10 years and having great success. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, um, you know, what you did before real estate. Sure. Uh, so I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, I have an accounting background, which was kind of boring, and I didn't enjoy it. You didn't even. You were an accountant. Well, I wasn't an accountant, but I did bookkeeping. You were in that work line of work. I did. I did. If and anybody then, knows Terry, you, that would be like the opposite. I mean, how did that work out? Obviously, not well. Real estate's doing a little better for you. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so I, I hated my job, and I looked for any reason to like not do that. So mm-hmm. I became a stay-at-home mom, and uh, and then I started a little side business selling handbags. Um, It was called 31. And um, I grew a really nice business working from home with my kids. And then when the kids went to school, um, I've always had an interest in real estate. So there was um, some kind of drama that happened in life that kind of pushed me into uh, taking a chance on it. Okay. Here I am. And so um, you went from accounting or at least the counting line of work mm-hmm. to sales. Yes. And you learned, how did you go from, I mean, because we have a lot of agents in the audience who have accounting type of backgrounds mm-hmm. and they struggle with becoming salespeople. It's almost to the point to where, no, 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 I'm, I would never be a salesperson. That's not who I am. That's not my psyche. How did you go from that to being a salesperson, that transformation? Well, I've, I'll be honest. Um, I've always been a great salesperson. Mm-hmm. So my first job at 16 was working at Jacobson's selling clothes. Mm-hmm. So that was always a comfort level to me. Um, I'm great with people. And then going into accounting was just kind of like I felt like I needed a real job, yep. but that wasn't the right job. Yeah. And so you went from then accounting, obviously, mm-hmm back into sales, yep. and then landed in real estate. Yep. And so talk to me about your experience in getting into real estate. What, what caused you to arrive at the decision to get into the business, particularly real estate? So, uh, oh. <laughs> well, my husband had, had a, a series of surgeries that made us um, not financially stable. And I just had an opportunity. We had bought and sold houses, like six on our own, and I've always had an interest. I had an introduction to somebody that was in the business, mm-hmm. and I became a showing assistant mm-hmm. for a buyer's agent. Got it. And sold 33 houses my first year. So you were driving all over town, meeting buyers, making yep. great impressions, making great relationships, and yep. 
saying, okay, I, I think I got this thing down. I can do this. Which, by the way, I mean, that's one of the great things about the showing agent model. Yeah. You know, with our team, we want people to start a showing agent so they become great agents, right? It is a great training platform. Yep. So you did that in your first year, and you were involved in 33 transactions. Mm -hmm. And so obviously at some point in time you said, I can do this, I, I wanna write the contracts too, I wanna generate and, and follow up on leads also. Yep. And so tell us about that experience. So that, well that, I got a lot of, a lot of experience that first year and I had a lot of, I, well just a lot of contacts from um, the town that I live in, from the handbag business that I ran for like five years, that also by the way ran for three years after I started real estate, so it just that helps. to yep. build. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I kept getting calls for listings, and I, my only experience was working with buyers. I happened to be on a team that I was a buyer's agent, mm -hmm. so I really didn't even have the ability to do that. To I wasn't invited side. to do that. So I just said, okay, well, I'm going to focus on something new. So I started focusing on listings, mm -hmm. and um, it started to just grow. <laughs> and you, you enjoy sellers more than buyers now? I do. Yeah. And why I, is that? Well. Don't get me wrong, I, I know this is against what, how you believe, but I still like working with buyers because yeah. I love people. Oh, no, no, I, I, <laughs> I will work with buyers because at the end of the day, there's still a commission check, yeah. but don't get me wrong, right? But buying the process and the showing of the homes, and uh, you can it's only exhausting. open up so many closets and say, my, this is a great closet. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I can't say no, that's a problem too. So I find myself working with buyers too because I can't say no, and it's my clients who have great, we're, I, I did a great job listing for them, yep. they're referring me to their friends and family, and inevitably I get those calls, and yep. you know, I don't want to let anybody down, so. So overall, eight years in the business, mm -hmm. and uh, last year you sold 57 homes mm -hmm. for 40 million in volume. Correct. That's right? Yep. And this year, you're on track for how much in million? So our goal is 125. Yep. Um, and, and right now you're at? Uh, right now we're at... She's looking at her operations <laughs> person. Uh, roughly with actives and pendings, I think we we're at about 57 million. 57 million. So yeah. if you live by the Midwest oh. rule, which is 60% of your business closes in the last half of the year, I would say you're on track for 125 million. So my coach tells me I'm on track. Okay. Yes. So he, he helps you with accountability. Yeah. And you're working with who? Greg Erlinger. Greg Erlinger, out of Cleveland. Great guy. I love Greg. So how do you go from showing assistant to buyer's agent to listing agent in, in a short period of time and do those numbers? What do you think your secret has been? So that was a three-year process. So it's never going to happen overnight. You know, sure. I hope everybody knows that. It doesn't yep. happen overnight. Um, it's focus. Yep. Um, I got my first break in luxury. So I'm known for that yep. and um, just continue to build on that. So talk to me about that for a second. Yeah. You, you got into luxury real estate in a market that, <clears throat> or in an area that isn't really considered luxury. You're in what city? I live in South Lyon. South Lyon, Michigan, which is you know, certainly a nice community outside of Detroit, but it's not, you know, it's not Birmingham or Gross Point, right? South Lyon, Brighton. Yep. So how did you get involved in, in luxury in an area that isn't necessarily known as luxury? Mm -hmm. well, well, one, I can tell you that that was the first thing that I said when I got my license, <laughs> that I wanted to sell luxury. So wait a minute, you made a claim. I think every agent says that, by the way. <laughs> every agent says that. By the way, yeah, correct. Every agent says, I want to be a luxury agent. Everyone wants to be a luxury agent. Yeah. But you, you probably told a lot of people about that, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it was, you realize every time you tell something to someone that you're going to do, it's an extra layer of accountability. That's why we're always saying, tell everyone your goals, tell everyone your schedule, put everything out there, share it with everyone. You'll have more people holding you accountable. Yeah. So how did you get your first break in luxury? So I, I, full disclosure, I do live in the luxury community. That helps. It helped yep. a little bit, but there were 10 agents that lived in my neighborhood of like 350 houses. 10 agents in 350 houses, mm -hmm. that's a pretty high percentage. Yep. yep. So there were like one or two that had the market share of the neighborhood. Um, my next door neighbor was a FISBO. Mm -hmm. And they were leaving the country uh, to go on like a 30-day cruise or something, and she let me list her house on a 30-day contract. 
So at this point, you're thinking, well, I, I, I want to be a luxury agent. I don't have any luxury listings. What's it going to take? And this person takes a chance and says, we're only going to give you 30 days, though. Yep. And you jumped on that, right? Said, let's do it. Yep. And so you obviously sold the house. 18 days. 18 days. Yep. And that led to, <laughs> that led to what Another else Another one. Right? right after that, another neighbor. Neighbor. Yep. yep. And, then, um, and then another. Yep. And then I realized that they didn't like the other agents that were in the neighborhood. Yeah. Quickly. Yep. <laughs> and so obviously your personality was pleasing and they said, hey, you're our gal. We're going to work yep. with you. So I started marketing it too. So I started hitting postcards. Um, I'm on the back of the Neighborhood Magazine. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I took the opportunity to just continue to, yeah. to just, I mean, door knock, yep. make phone calls. Well, what I respect about what you do, which is a little different than what we do, uh, anyone that's in Michigan knows that I very much believe in a mass approach, mm -hmm. meaning spread wide, right? And you have very, you've been very narrow not only in just your county and your town, but your neighborhood, right? You own that, right? So, and I appreciate that because at the end of the day, you got less drive to appointments, you know, less, mm -hmm. less, you know, the neighborhood, right? So when you think about all the things you've done to kind of, you know, be the agent that they think of in the community, what are two or three things that you know for a fact, this works, I'm not giving this up, right? Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned postcard or the back of the magazine. So give us two or three examples. Well, hands down the postcard. So the joke about the postcard is, so I do adjust listed, adjust sold, I do market updates. Um, I'm also doing a lot of events, sponsorshiping of, sponsorship you're, of events. So you're putting on events in the neighborhood. Yep. Mm -hmm. Can you give us an example of a few? So we just did a movie night uh, last month. Mm -hmm. So we sponsored, my team put together um, a movie. We did The Greatest Showman, and then we had, um, oh gosh, we had treats, and we had swag bags, and. Uh, we actually had, because it was starting so late, it was starting, starting at like 9.30, then at the very last minute, we added a circus performer to come out and do... You're like, why not? He did fire. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we just give back. I mean, yep. really, I just, I want to give back yep. to what they're giving. So, me. the law of reciprocation. You do enough mm -hmm. good for people, it's going to come back to you. Yeah. So, you started with postcards. Just Liz has just sold postcards. Yep. And are those, you know, like eight and a half by 11? Are they, what, what are they? Uh, about this size. So not been, like jumbo, but like bigger than the yeah. standard. So I'll, I'll say it's called Michael Lewis Marketing Suite, and I've been doing it for years. And I haven't changed my postcard yep. at all. It's, Michael Lewis Marketing Suite. We used them before. They yeah. should be. It in was the part of. It, yeah, it was part of mm -hmm. KW. So I'm still buying it because I was. I didn't want to change anything. Yep. So um, I had a neighbor tell me that he had enough of my postcards for a full deck. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, uh, it's working. Yep. Um, and I meet people and I'm like, oh, do you, did you get my postcard? It's part yep. of my listing presentation yep. of my process. So, so I, I want to make sure we share something sure. that, that is very clear, and I think you'll agree with this. Yep. Just listed, just sold postcards, generally speaking, are not effective unless it's a repeat pattern. Right, a lot of agents say, I take a listing, I gotta send a just listed card. I sell a listing, I gotta send a just listed card. My response to that is, as long as you plan on continuing to take and sell listings in that area, because that's the difference between farming and just listed, just sold postcards. The reason why it's effective for her in her neighborhood is because she's just constantly blanketing the neighborhood every time she has a listing or sale in that neighborhood. Versus just saying, well, I sell a house in this city, city, I send a postcard. I sell a house in this city, I send a postcard. You're wasting your money if you do that. Mm -hmm. It has to be consistent over time, over and over. And so you did postcards only for a while, and then what did you add after that? Well, I've always done, so my process is I do postcards, I do flyer boxes. I spend money. Mm -hmm. um, Magazine, so I've, I'm on the back of two different magazines. And they're community magazines? Community, yeah. So one like the is, association, the association. Right. One is the neighborhood and one is Brighton. Got so, it. And I only yep. buy the back page. Mm -hmm. so I'm going to spend the money I want to be seen. Yep, back page, yep, because mm -hmm. it's obviously they probably aren't going to let you buy the cover. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes I can negotiate getting on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So the postcards, the back page of the magazine, what else in terms of like, what did you layer on top? Uh, so I have brought on somebody to do our social media marketing. Mm -hmm. So we're reaching out directly to all the other agents as well. I yep. do tons of reverse prospecting. That's part yep. of my process too. And can I stop you there for a second? Because sure. we have a lot of agents in the audience that are, you know, hey, I'm not necessarily at the point to where I can hire an assistant. Mm -hmm. So 
did you bring on the social media marketing person because it's not your wheelhouse uh, and, and you wanted to hire it out? Or is it just because you didn't have the time to do it? I didn't have the time. Okay. Hands down. So everything. But that you're I'd saying done, somebody could, if they had the time, they could oh, do it without absolutely. hiring. I was somebody. doing it myself. You were I was doing, doing all of that myself. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. So you layered social media on top of it. And what, what has the social media person done for you? Give us some examples of some things that they do either oh regularly or that you've implemented that are like, yeah, we, we got to keep doing that. Oh, gosh. She's done. She does a lot of stuff that I don't even know that she does. Like, I know she does, does uh, TikToks, <laughs> which I just saw a couple of those recently. TikToks. Okay. Yep. All right. So we also, added, um, we also added video, too. So my photographer who shoots our houses... Um, actually, when we started doing video, it was Lloyd and I in like a cell phone mm. and a gimbal. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and then we added, so we then made those professional too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was something that I think was super easy just to do on your own. I mean, literally everything I do, if you have the time to do it, you could do it all on your yeah. own. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned during our, our prep call, and this is something I didn't know about you, was that you double-end a lot of your listeners. Mm-hmm. So... When I heard that, my first thought was, if I'm in the audience and I know this person double ends a lot of their listings, I want to know how. So in your mind, what do you do differently or at least share with us your process to what causes you to end up double ending more listings than probably most agents in your market? Well, I do a ton of open houses. So my process is obviously professional photography. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. We, brought, we moved that onto video. I've actually had people contact me directly because they saw my video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's new, because I was never comfortable in front of the camera. Yep. So you, you weren't comfortable and now you are. Now I am. <laughs> so sometimes you gotta break through that. When yep. we do these half day sessions, I've been constantly recommending people to go live on Facebook, live on Facebook, yep. and everyone fights me on it. Yep. Oh, I don't like it, it's nervous, it's live, it's even worse. You gotta fight through that. Yeah, one of my best Facebook lives, um, I think we were at an open house and, and Lloyd's like, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I take the gum out of my mouth and I like whip it out. And it's, he's like, you're on. And oh my gosh, we got like. <laughs> you gotta I find the like, words. I literally looked at it and I just started laughing so hard. But yeah, they loved it. <laughs> I mean, it's just being authentic and being yourself. And yeah. I think that when um, buyers see me, they'll just call me directly. Yep. Uh, as far as like, you know, double ending though, I mean, it's everything, it's the, the flyers that I do. Yep. I put them out in front of the house. I only put um, really great pictures. I put really, you know, per- I make sure everything's perfect. I'm yep. a perfectionist. That's interesting that you do flyers because I feel like, and I'm sure maybe some of our audience would yeah. agree with this, I feel like flyer boxes of the old have kind of gone out now that people have done, you know, text for info yeah. and things like that. Yep. So you still swear by them. I do. I, yep. Well, that's just my process, Jeff. Yep. I mean, yep. that's just what I just, I'm sharing what I do. Please. Whether yeah. I do, if it, whether it's right or not, right. I don't know. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> I just know yeah. what it works. Um, so my flyers have only my information on it. Nothing else. No prices, no nothing. Same thing mm-hmm. with my postcards. Um, and I just let, I don't know, you know, neighbors sell my houses. I let, I, I answer the calls. I think that's yep. pretty important, too, is just mm-hmm. taking those calls. Yep. Um, and then those open houses, I just, that open house for me, sorry, is a 15 minute interview. Yeah. So it's an opportunity to get in front of a buyer or a seller. Um, I also invite neighbors to open houses too. Mm-hmm. So, and, and even in my community, neighbors move from house to house, so, yeah. which is really helpful. They're just, yeah, they want great houses yeah. and they want us to check out the neighbor's house. Yeah. So do you invite them via postcard, via phone call? Mm-hmm. How do you get them to show up? How, just in general, how do you get people to your open house? To my open houses? Um, I'm usually posting it on social media mm-hmm. or making a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. And do you friend all the people in your neighborhood or try to? I try to. Yeah. I try to. And I also do a very, um, I take a very light approach to our neighborhood Facebook page mm-hmm. because I know I don't want to be salesy. Yes. That's Bingo. important to me. And you're talking the neighborhood Facebook group? Yeah, so in the group, people are talking about the events and mm-hmm. trash days being moved to this day because of the holiday, yeah. and you post in there, what, once a month about real estate? Not at all? Not at all. I'll invite them to my open houses. Yep. You do share your open houses in there. I will, yeah. but it's, an, it's as an invitation. Yep, as an invitation, yep. and only when it's an open house in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. I don't let them know when I have a new listing because it's going to show up in their mailbox anyway. Yep. yep. Um, generally, they know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Love that. 
So if I'm an agent thinking that, man, you know, she broke into luxury pretty early on, even though it's, we talked about it, it took you about three years to really break into that. Um, what is the number one thing you, you would tell me to do if I want to get into higher price points? Well, you have to know your stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, if you don't know what a luxury home looks like, mm-hmm. or if you don't know products, the yep. difference between granite and quartz, it sounds so simple to me, yeah. or to what Travertine Know the product. Like, know the product. Yeah. Like, know your stuff. Yeah. Um, I know there was only a handful at this event, but at our, Gino mentioned our Live Unreal Summit in Battle Creek, Michigan. We had Ivan Scher. He's like the number one luxury agent, I think, with Berkshire Hathaway yeah. in Las Vegas. And that was his response. Mm-hmm. Learn the product. Everyone else is, is focused on buying leads and, and you know, where, where their business is going to come from. And he said, learn the product on the high end if you want to break into the luxury. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. And also furniture, too. Like, if I walk in and I can, and I can see that something's like a Maitland Smith, I'm like, oh, wow. You know, I, yeah. if, I, if I name drop on a listing appointment, they know I know. Yeah. Yeah. I fit in. It's interesting you say that because he went on to follow up with, were you at that event? I don't think <laughs> so. Because he followed up with, make sure you know all the artists and, and comment on their paintings on the oh. wall. And yeah, so it's very similar. You got to oh. connect with Ivan. I'll connect the two of you. Okay, sounds good. So um, you've been working with Greg now for how long? Uh, how long? Like maybe nine months. Nine months. Yep. And what's the number one thing you're working on right now? Oh, gosh. Uh, we, well, he's, he's been working me through growing the team. Mm-hmm. He, Greg's obviously got an amazing business, number yep. one in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, expansion, like we, I've, I've grown, my team has like doubled yeah. this year. Yeah. Yep. So, and and you know. so one thing that, I, that I've admired and I've watched you grow is you went from, and this isn't, you know, this is just reality, mm-hmm. personality-based business. Okay, would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. To hiring an operations manager to document and implement. Yeah. And now you have Lloyd, who Lloyd and I worked together back in the day, who's turning your business from a personality-based business into a skills and business-based business. Absolutely. So between the two of them, what kind of progress are you making with that? Oh, I think all the agents on our team are benefiting greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've, we've grown. Our operations have grown. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't have what I have right now if he hasn't if he didn't implement all of the things that he implemented, so scripts you, and yep. scheduled meetings. And I mean, he's very task oriented. And that allows you to focus on what you do best, which is selling real estate. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I get to do the fun stuff. Yeah. And he's doing all the stuff that I hate. What I, what I love about and what I admire what you did is so many real estate agents try to be the manager, be the operations person, be right. And you just said, listen, I get it. This is my weakness. I'm going to go find somebody that can help me with this mm-hmm. and turn it into not necessarily your personal strength, but your business's strength. Yeah. Love that. All right. James, sure. tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're from, how long you've been sure. in the business. And- sure. Been in the business for 25 years. Uh, my brother and I uh, own our group out of Kansas City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. That's where our headquarters is based at. Uh, we have went into business. We grew up in a commercial construction setting. Our father owned a commercial construction business. And at that time, Michael kind of took on some of the field work when we were kind of going college age and working through that. And I was in the office and working with negotiating contracts and estimating and things like that. And we actually- How did you pick and choose who did what? Well- How did you decide? I would have to ask my brother, but I think because I was older, I got, I got the good stuff. There you go. Okay. So right. yeah. I think that's how it happened. That's also what I attribute to being 50 pounds overweight for because <laughs> I would literally just take people out to lunch every single day, you yep. know, schmoozing them. Yep. And that's what we did. And then it came a point where our dad was looking at, and we really weren't that interested in the business. He was looking at retiring. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of decided we were going to do something. Yep. And we kind of both went our own way. And I started doing what is now known as flipping. Yep. And that's what kind of drew me into the business because I was going to these properties that I was buying, paying cash for, or, or going to my bank and, and doing these deals. And at the end of the day, I was taking all the risk and the agent was making as much money as I was. Now, mm-hmm. those weren't million dollar homes, right? Sure. Those are fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar houses that I'm gonna sell for hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. So uh, just taking those risks, I'm like, okay, so I, I think I need to think about this. And so I did that. I, I went to that because 
Our dad's business was a commercial business where he's building banks and hospitals and things like that. Yeah. Projects that take a year or two, and I'm like, I want something that I can see quicker. Yeah. Young, impatient, foolish, you, yep. Know. Yep. you know the routine. Yeah. So tell me the process of, you know, obviously learning the business, becoming a listing agent yourself, right? Tell me what that looked like. Well, it looked like originally uh, when I started uh, just a small mom and pop company that ended up being eaten up by another company later on, but uh, I just started paying attention to the guy that owned the company mm -hmm. that had a couple hundred rental houses that was building 25, 30 houses a year, and I would be in the office at six o'clock in the morning. And keep in mind, this is 25 years ago. Uh, if you had a pager, you were a big deal, right? <laughs> yeah. And when we got a pager that actually words came across to tell you to call the office, yeah, we Even thought bigger. we were really something. Because for, for those that aren't familiar with a pager, it was a little thing that be, <laughs> it, it started off with just a phone number. That's, That's all. right. And then it That's went right. to a phone number. You had two lines, a phone number and then a message. That's right. But how I started listing properties at that time was people actually would call the office in the morning. You couldn't find things on your phone. They yep. couldn't go to the internet because it barely existed. Yep. Uh, and so I would answer the phone. And, and nobody wants to come in as an agent before 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. So you're there early, you're getting all that. What did you learn from that, uh, what, you know, the gentleman that you were looking up to? What, when you say you've, you've studied him, what did, you, what did you learn from that study, that process? Well, um, as most people know, you, when you're around super or uber successful people mm -hmm. that, and that gradient changes as you grow in your business, right? Mm -hmm. You see higher levels. Uh, I knew there were people that didn't like him, you know, said bad things about him. Mm -hmm. Everything I saw him do was always right, yeah. was always helping others. Yep. And Michael and I's team mantra is just two words, serve first. Serve first. And if there's one thing I heard a lot this morning from the CEO panel, yeah. it was that, yeah. service to, to people. And so that's what we focus on, but that's kind of what I picked up from him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love that. So fast forward to today, your, your team will do, give us some idea in terms of production. We'll do uh, $100 million this year out of Kansas City, Missouri, which is fairly significant. Uh, we were, as mega team rankings for Real Trends, we were number three in the state of Missouri this last year and are growing upon that. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're building upon that. And I think like everybody else, had a great year last year, our yep. best year ever, and this, yep. this one will beat that. Yep. And you're, you are known for uh, your service to your clients and your mm -hmm. database. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I had wanted to have you up here. Right. You know, we've spent some time working with James and his team. Um, we've done an advance for you guys. I mean, we've, we've observed the way you guys operate. Right. And so, one of the things that really stands out to me, and it was something we were bad at, you know, self-admittingly for a long time, was value to the database. Right. So can you tell us a little bit about how you add value to your database and in turn get listing leads from it? Right. Well, we don't believe there's anything more important than the people that you've already done business with, the people that know, love, and trust you. Yep. But Michael says what you always say, there's more people that don't know you than That's people right. that do, yeah. right? And what better had way? The same mentor. Right, right. What better way to get known than to be omnipresent, be everywhere, be sponsoring everything, be visible. Mm -hmm. So we are very good about loving on our database, mm -hmm. contacting them continually. Communication's a big thing in our group, and uh, we happen to have a, a, a husband and wife team that joined us several years ago that were. In our market, they were doing about 20 million. She happened to be a real driver on making events happen, so we started pushing a lot of events. 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 So those events, we just finished one, 4th of July weekend. Uh, we do this every year, except last year. We canceled it, not because we were concerned about necessarily what was going on in our community because nothing was happening, yeah. but the, just the perception, sure. right? Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't want anything to happen. Yep. And the reason we didn't want it to happen was the year before, so 19, we had 3,200 people at that event. 3,200 people. 3,200 people. I mean, and you that, do this at like a football stadium or something? It, How do you we it? actually rent out the county fairground. Okay. And we rent the whole fairgrounds. Mm -hmm. uh, we have our pyrotechnics company come in. They're there the day before setting all this stuff up. Uh, we have bounce houses, and uh, at that particular time, we had uh, restaurants coming in, you know, grilling stuff. We had a backyard burger franchise come in and 
they were grilling things for us. We were, had an ice cream company that mm -hmm. came in. Just entertaining, we called it our uh, family fireworks spectacular, and that's yeah. kind of what we stuck with. Keeps it kind of clean, there's not a lot of, a lot of riffraff going yeah. on. The people yeah. come, bring their, their neighbors, and we would invite them to tell, tell your neighbors, yeah. invite them to come yeah. along, and then of course, we I was gonna them. ask, you're in Lee's Summit, uh, Missouri, which if you've ever been to Lee's Summit, Missouri, there's maybe like one, one stoplight and you know, a little town <laughs> in between the, the other stoplight. 3,200 people, that's like the whole town. How do you get, you, do you invite right. the whole town? Well, How do you get them there? We're obviously not limited to Lee Summit, right? We are a suburb, and I, I think we have 110,000 people in that town. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're the surrounding areas. So uh, it's literally, we're all focusing on our top of the tops, the people we want, but that is an event where it's kind of like, Bring everybody. Bring everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea. Clients can invite people. We want them to invite people. Yep. We want you them ever, to introduce us. Do you publicly promote it anywhere? Like on, you know, on the well, radio or, hey, come, come hang out with us next Tuesday or whatever? Uh, that was never what we wanted to do. But that particular time, it kind of leaked out. And we had the news media kind of pushing it a little bit. Yeah. So, and that's OK, right? You were in It is that. OK, except I mean, obviously, you spend more now well, to put it on. Well, it's not the spend. It's the not prepared. Yeah. You know, if you guys plan this for 600 people and 3,000 show up, you're kind of in trouble. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you're going to welcome that, and you're going to figure it out. We'll right? figure it out all So we figured it out. Uh, uh, this year, we honed that back to 1,000 just to kind of ease back into the big, big party. Yep. But uh, the idea being invite your friends, invite your family, uh, bring anybody you want. Yep. And if they haven't already registered, they have to register to get in to get all the free stuff. Have to register, and you probably use, what, Eventbrite or something? We something? do. We use Eventbrite in it and had iPads and such for them to fill out. Yep. And then uh, we end up getting referrals out of that because that's one of the questions we're asking them. Who do you know? Yep looking to do it. So that's, that's interesting, you, you, and I want to talk about that for a moment, because I feel like a lot of agents are doing client events. You know we just started doing them about yep. four or five years ago, yep. and we've doubled down quite a bit on client events. Mm -hmm. How do you take the client event from a value add, which of course they're always going to be a value add, to turn it into a lead generation tool sure. right there, essentially on the spot or within a few days Absolutely. of the event? Because well, I feel like a lot of people put on client events, or yep, we're gonna do this, yep, we're gonna do this, and it's like, well, wait a minute, crap, we forgot to ask people if they need to buy or sell. You know, that was a great event, we had a good time, but I forgot to ask that question. Yeah. How do you tie those two together? If you're not careful, you're just throwing a big party, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yet, we're looking to touch everyone multiple times throughout the year, so when you're planning around an event, the invitation's more valuable than their attendance, mm -hmm. right? In all honesty, you almost hope they don't show up. Uh, because they don't cost you anything if yep. they don't show up, and then they feel like they owe you, because we do so many events that they're getting invited all the time, and they're like, "Oh, I, I, they are asking me all the time." And one of those closing statements in that script is, "Hey, is there anybody you know we need to be helping right now?" You yep. know, and and that variation on script may be around whatever the event is. We kind of tie it in that way. One of the statements you made is the value is actually in the invite. What do you mean by that? What what I mean by that is. People want to be a part of something. People want to know you care about them. You're very aware that care calls were a big deal, oh, right, yeah. over the last year or so. Sure. We were doing that long before that was a thing. That was your thing. That was our you thing. You were doing that anyway. You're checking on them. And yeah. uh, we have a lot of folks in our world that are kind of, uh, they were ministerial-based to mm -hmm. begin with, so they're very good nurturers. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of bled over into that. Mm -hmm. And so literally them just hearing from you and knowing that you're wanting to do something with them. If someone invites me to do something, I feel honored whether I can attend it or not. Yeah. And so that, in my opinion, and I could be proven wrong, sure. to me that means a whole lot to people. They, they want to be a part of it even if they can't come. This year, we always do it the Saturday before 4th of July, and this time that was the 3rd of July. Mm -hmm. So we knew we missed some people that we normally would have gotten because yeah, they, they went yep. somewhere. They were here in Traverse City. Yeah, they might have been. <laughs> they might have been. Yeah. So we're going back to the week before next, next year. And tell me your numbers. You had in the very last one, repeat that again. How many people did you have show up, and did you track the referrals that you got from We them? did. The last one we limited to 1,000 people. And that was right? 2019. No, the, the 2019 we had 3,200 Oh, that's 3,200. Okay, so this one. Right. And, and uh, ironically, we got about the same number of referrals, about 90 referrals out of each of those. How many? 
90. 90. 90 out of So a, 90 leads or actual like 90 appointments? What, what do you mean? 90 leads out of it. People saying, hey, my Uncle Joe, here's his name, his number, he's looking to buy, sell, or whatever he might be doing. So 90 turns into, just give me a rough estimate. How many of those will actually convert to an appointment and how many we'll, will convert to a deal? Well, we'll say that uh, 50% of those will convert to an appointment and 50% of those will close this year. So literally- so 45 turns right. into an appointment and you'll have 22 to 25 transactions right. from that one event. For spending five hours on an afternoon yeah. throwing a party. Yeah. Right. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Because What's also strong about that is the other ones that don't convert and the attendees that were there. Mm -hmm. It's fresh on their mind. Those leads are gonna show up a week or two or three weeks later and you're not right. gonna know where they came from. Right. But next thing you know, you're getting a call saying, oh, somebody recommended you. Correct. Well, that somebody could have been at your fireworks night or whatever. That's right. right. That's right. Awesome. So one of the things, the last, last thing I wanna share and, and talk about is um, with your team, it seems like from what I've observed, because I've come out, Kate's come out, you guys mm -hmm. run a great operation. Um, most recently, you guys had Sutter out. Right. Uh, we did something with you guys. We kind of slipped a level there a little bit, kind of went down a little bit, yeah, if yeah. Matt's listening. <laughs> hey, you know what? They can't all have me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one thing we've noticed about your team is the culture. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us why you believe your culture is as strong as it is? Because I sense it. When we're in that room and we did that right. advance for you guys, I mean, they have each other's back, and uh, it, it's pretty strong, right? Uh, it, it's a very caring culture, and we've had to hire to that, mm -hmm. uh, which also means we had to fire from that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning, when you're looking to grow, it was stated here earlier, you're, you, you know, you've got all these leads, you're looking to make things happen, you're just, oh, this person wants to be on your team, you know, they look great, they sound great, you put them on your team and find out they're not really a fit. They don't believe what you believe. So we got very purposeful in our hiring strategy yeah. and making no bones about what we stand for. And, and you attract what you are. That's right. So uh, when you put it out there in a very positive way, you get it back. And so uh, our culture is very strong. And it's strong because when, when you have solid people like that and you're bringing people like you in, Kate in, Matt in, we do that all the time to help them be the best they can be. Yeah. Which is you know, what we love to do. Absolutely, and a couple of our team members are here today, and they're here because of the value that we brought through you as well, right? They want, they want to hear and see and know that yep. uh, and learn more, and uh, we just find that to be great, and otherwise they wouldn't necessarily be indoctrinated into any of that. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Aside from being up here on stage, which makes it a special day, I think there's another reason why it's a special day. What's today? Uh, an, uh, I'm another year older today, so today's my birthday. Today's his birthday. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so you know what that means. Nice and loud for him on the count of three. Happy birthday. All right. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear James. Happy birthday to you. All right. All right. Thank right. you. Thanks. Thank you. So, what are you doing? What are you doing for your fortieth tonight? Are you coming to the my fortieth? You're, you're throwing a big party for me tonight. <laughs> I hope everybody comes. Awesome. All right. Cool. Let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Renee, thank you for coming all the way from Walnut Creek, California. Thanks for having me. And um, share with us a little bit about yourself, your background. You know how you got into the business <clears throat> and got started. Just uh, take it from take it from all, all the way right. from day one. Well, I started, um, my friend was a buyer's agent. Okay. And so I was doing graphic design and being a really poor graphic designer. And I thought, well, how is she making all that money? And mm -hmm. so I said, what are you doing? So I thought, well, she can do it. I can do it, right? Yep. So of course. And so I started as a buyer's agent 17 years ago on a team. Yep. And so I really liked being a buyer's agent. Yeah. I, was, I, I really liked it. it was, um, I liked being this one part of the team. Yep. So I liked them, you know, I didn't have to worry about the files, I didn't have to worry about marketing, I didn't have to yep. worry about listings, mm -hmm. I just could concentrate on the one part. Sure. So it really worked well for me. And at some point in time, you made a transition from buyer's agent to listing focus. I did, I did. When it. was it, like, what clicked? What, uh, what changed well, that? I, they didn't need me. So um, right. they, it was REOs started. Ah, and so, okay. um, and then they only needed one buyer's agent and I wasn't winning the race mm -hmm. of that. So mm -hmm. she, Stacy stayed on the team and I, I had to go on my own. 
So spending all that time working with buyers, why didn't you continue working with buyers? I did. I, so I, I, it was a long time for me to give up buyers. Okay. One, I had a, really it was a trust thing yep. as well. Yep. Um, but I did, that was another person, I, I liked buyers. Yeah. They were, I was the good guy. Yeah. yeah you know, was, but I, only so many doors, you're right. I can, you know, you bring up a good point. It's a trust thing, right? Because nobody oh. can do it better. You know, oh, yeah. Database, my client, I can't let them go to anybody else. And yeah. the reality is, is you can build a big business, especially a big listing business, by letting go. It's yeah. okay, right? They're going to be okay. Yeah. Right? So um, talk to us about, say, last year, your production in Walnut Creek, California. We did 150, like, four um, sales last year. Yep. It's about 60, 40, 60% listings. Yep. And we're on track to do probably 200 this year. Great. Yeah. So from 54... Units last year. No, 154. I'm sorry. Yeah. How many this year? So 200. There'll be 200 this year, and I did 154 last year. And then what about your volume? What was what is that going to be? And so I knew that's the so I've, I've, my price point is right around a million. So it's. So do the math on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. 154 million to 200 million on 200 units. Yes. Now I have to ask. Um, you know you're in the Midwest, right? <laughs> I'm from here, so okay. And you know Glover yeah. U is the, mostly a Midwest company. Yeah. So it's, why it's, are you here? I, well, it's, it, it's a you and Matt. Um, it, it's, you know, it, there's a lot of process, and I'm sure she could say the same thing. There's a lot, it feels like, okay, you know, we, it's, it's not the same. There's so much prep that goes into everything's luxury in ours. Mm -hmm. And even, we have to treat even the... the the smaller things for us that are like 350, you have to treat them like luxury. Mm -hmm. So everything has to go through the whole gamut. So you treat everyone like luxury. I treat everyone like so luxury. So in your mind, what does that mean? What is, tell me what treating everyone like luxury means. Well, they, so we pay for staging. It's, it's a lot of prep work to their home. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we're doing a huge overhaul to their house from, I mean, lighting and painting and flooring and, uh, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars sure. of, of past repairs. Mm -hmm. They're coming to us sometimes with 20 years of just living in their home, mm -hmm. and we're supposed mm -hmm. to make it this, yep. and we, I manage everything to do that, have yep. all the vendors and all of those things. So mm -hmm. some of them take a long time. Yeah, and you, you offer that to, now I'm, I'm gonna be probably upset with your answer. What, is, what do you consider low end in <laughs> Walnut Creek, California? Uh, well, it's like probably 350. Okay, 350, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. So luxury in our market here yeah, then. Yeah, so, yeah. so the $350,000 seller gets the same experience yeah. Million dollars. Yeah, got it. Yeah, love that. And um, your town is not a big town, right? I no. mean, it's it's population. Do you know the number? No, I don't. We didn't talk about no, that, no, so no, I'm, no. I'm not, don't mean to put you on the spot there. I know that you have been like number one in your town for how many years? It's probably maybe the fourth year. Four years, yeah. and number one or number two in your county? Yeah. Yeah. And what county is that? Contra Costa. Okay, which is a big county. It's a, yeah, it's, it's ranked next to Alameda, so it's just outside of San Francisco. Got it. And what is it that you do different to be, you know, we t we've talked a few times, you know, mm -hmm. everyone thinks I'm like weird, I do things differently. What is yeah. it that you do differently in your market that causes you to be number one in obviously your town and one or two in your county? Um, the ISAs, having somebody else answer the phone. It's unheard of where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And so I always say that everybody knows what I'm doing, but nobody will let go, I think, of that control. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people also think, well, I don't want to be that busy. That's your excuse. Well, they, yeah. I don't want to be Renee. Sure. So they think I'm, that's such a bad word, too busy. Yeah. Like there's not, that's a bad, don't say too busy. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You know, they just don't know how to handle it. They yep. don't know how there's to. There's always room for more. To delegate. So your, your ISA person or team, mm -hmm. it's one person? It's two. So I'm, I've had three. I'm, I'm at two right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're my front line. They answer everything. Yep. So that's the way I have it done is, uh, and I've done that um, for a long time since I had them. So that was. Yeah. So talk to me about that, that process. When you say they answer everything, they answer your phone. What are they? What so are they? we changed everything. So I had somebody come from Washington and goes, this is how you do it. You get another number. You get me a phone and you get me a laptop and everything comes to me. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. All, the, all of my marketing has that phone number. I don't withhold anything and put my, phone, my personal cell phone number mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. So all marketing, all phone calls start there. Got it. And then we all have open calendars and they set the appointments directly on there. Got it. The buyer's agents, mine, everybody. Yep. What would you say right now with, with listings being scarce, um, what would you say is getting your phone to ring the most right now? Um, it's, we, I farm. I, I send 35,000 postcards out a month. 35,000 postcards monthly? Monthly. Okay. Yes. Now, I'm sure you didn't start at 35,000 No, postcards. I started with 500. 500? Yes. And, you know, you do the math at the end of the year. 
I did 500 postcards a month for 12 months. I sent out 6,000 postcards. It cost me this much. Mm -hmm. This was the postage. This was the time it took. And I have 12 transactions to show for it. Okay, what if I did 1,000 postcards mm -hmm. a month? Could I get 24, right? And it just kind of grew from there, didn't yeah. it? It's, the first one was took 10 years because of the market and the short sales and the foreclosure. It, took, it was a long time coming. Yep. And I kept doing the events. And the events are something that um, mm -hmm. I, I do garage sales, ice cream socials, Easter egg hunts, uh, pie giveaways. Mm -hmm. And I do, like the pie giveaways, we sent a card out to everybody, all 35,000 people. Um, wow, in your farm? In my, in my well, what I, so everybody I think is my farm now. But yeah, yes. so all, and only 300 of them said yes. Yeah, so you, you don't have to worry. I mean, that's, it's interesting you say that because people say all the time, well, you know, I don't want to invite like my whole database. I mean, what if they all show up? It's a numbers game. They're not always all no. going to show up, right? They, if they do, you'll figure it out. They think they did. I yeah. mean, so sometimes they're like, oh, I haven't been able to get a pie. Yeah, so. yeah. No, you'll figure it out. So um, talk to us a little bit about the, the events. Uh, what caused you to get into client events? Because it wasn't something you've done for a while, is it? Um, so I'd had somebody in, the, in our office do the garage sale thing, but I, at family reunion, there, I always forget, Russell Rhodes, he has this yeah. pamphlet he put out, and I, we have been living by this pamphlet of whatever he does, we are doing. So yeah. I said the next thing is I want to be... I want to lend out stuff. That's, he's the guy who lends out the margarita machines. Yeah. And the, uh, that's There's that. an agent in Texas. His name is Russell Rhodes. Russell and Rhodes. He always, you know, he's on stage on panels and yeah. always talked about his value proposition to his database. He has a warehouse. I don't know the square footage of this warehouse, mm -hmm. but basically he has everything you could ever need for a party in this warehouse. And if you're a client of his then you can rent whatever you want for free. You just sign it out, right? Yep. I'm sure there's more to it, but that's- Well, and a truck. So the truck we're actually, we're finally getting, I finally figured that out. I'm getting- What truck. kind of truck? Moving truck. Okay, moving truck. Getting a moving truck. Mm -hmm. and so, it, And even if it's just sat there, it's a big billboard sure. for a thousand bucks a month. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, yep. a, that's, a, that's a good thousand bucks for me to spend, yeah. just to sit there like that. That's right. Yeah, and so I liked my, I was not a good door knocker. I'm a, I'm a very bad door knocker, so I always came with what can I give you so, I, so then you feel okay when I ask you for something. Yes, so almost I like just they're obligated giving. to return the yeah. favor. Yeah, it takes longer. I know that's a longer it process yep. than door knocking, but, and then I always thought it wasn't scalable for the door knocking as well. Sure. So now, I mean, I could do it with the 500, the first 500 homes I did, yep. but it, it, for 35,000 homes, it's gonna, I'll be there a while. Yep. So you have been working with uh, Matt Sutter now for yes. how long? A uh, couple years. A couple years now. Yeah. And uh, what caused you to, and you've probably had a coach before that, but what mm -hmm. caused you to get into coaching and, and what are you working on with Matt? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a different kind of account. I just want to know, I, I'm always driven by what's next, what's yes. next, what's next. Mm -hmm. So that's always my drive for coaching is to help yeah. me identify what's next. Yep. And right now it's agents. I yeah. need to hire agents. Yeah, and obviously Matt has a lot of experience with that. Yes. So, so when you first, but see, what, what, one thing we find with a lot of our coaching clients is they sign up for a group program or for one-on-one -on -one and they, they have a need at that moment and that's why they signed up. Mm -hmm. But then after two or three months of mastering whatever that is, then they have a new need, right? So when you first joined, what caused you to say, I need help with this? What was it that you needed help with? I just always think I need help. Okay, I mean, fair, I, yeah, yeah. So probably. There is, I mean, I just think it's, I, you know. Well, what's the first thing you guys worked on? I don't even know, I mean, it was probably. I know it's been a few years. I know, right? It's, probably, it's always probably operations, um, yeah. you know, hiring, you know, mm -hmm. maybe defining something. And I know, I know I'll always get something out of coaching, like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. So that was the, the one, and I, you know, having somebody who's been there, done that mm -hmm. better than me. So yeah. it's, that's, that's what I need. Yep. When you think about um, where the market is today and, and, of course, how you're succeeding at such a high level, I mean, because your market share is, is ridiculously high in your market. Um, what would you say is like the one or two things that you are known for in your market? If we were to survey the market or survey the agents in the market, yep, this, she just kills it with this. What is that besides the ISAs? Uh, yeah, um, well, I also, I, well, they now know it's the reviews. I, I, have, I did this, I, an agent came to me who's just in another market over and he goes, I think these review things are really going to, we kind of trade key secrets. The and so, reviews. And so he, the reviews really blew up for me. And now I say the other agents do know. Yeah. figured that out. Yeah. But they have to be meaningful. So yeah. I, I think they're known, but mine are real, real. Mine are. 
So online reviews, what particular sites do you send your clients to? Well, I used to send them to that dirty Yelp, and then they filtered all my stuff. <laughs> They're so crooked, aren't I they? I know. All that. Well, it's just they, they filter everything. Yeah, all the good so, stuff. So um, I use Google reviews, so I love them because they don't filter them. And then Google I use, reviews. And I use something called Reach 150. I don't know if you've heard of this, where you can put your reviews in. So if you Google my name, just Google Renee White, you'll see I have a really good Google presence. I mean, I've yep. got like one of the top, and that's what I feel like everybody should have. Mm -hmm. Is they, when you Google your name, you should be, the, you know, you yeah, should be right. everything. That's Absolutely. There. And that that Reach 150 is a service that helps you get. Well, that. it puts all your reviews. So when Yelp filters all those, you can put them all into Reach 150. So now it looks like I can see you. I have 270 reviews. Mm -hmm. So that because I'm so it makes me more relevant. It's like maybe the second or third thing there. Plus yep. my Google reviews on the side. Plus my my site. So that's been really had a huge impact. I know when you, um, uh, I'm sure people wrote that down, so thank you for sharing that. You started prior to adding value to the database and client events. You were really good at like Google AdWords and things like that. Yep. So can you tell us if you still do that and if how that's, I know that business has evolved a ton. Yeah. Um, can you tell us your journey with that a little bit? So that's how I started. I was a, I was an internet agent. So I, I wanted to be able to talk to people um, that I didn't know. And I didn't know that many people to talk to. And that's what we're supposed to do. So I bought leads off of Google AdWords. Mm -hmm. And I loved them because somebody registered, put their phone number in, you call them. And so people always said they weren't any good. Well, nobody ever called them. Yeah. And so I was really good. You told me, even if you were mad that I called, call me next week. I literally put it in my calendar and call them next week. And they're yep. like, you called. I'm like, yep. yeah, imagine that. Right. So, you know, just... I just was really good at that until the big, really big guys kind of really pushed me out. Sure. Some of the home lights and those. Yeah. yeah the they, institutions. Yeah. They, they, they figured they, it out. They figured it out and yeah. pushed me out of there. And by the way, we can't, we, you know, we can't be mad about that. That's just, no. they've got deeper pockets. Well, that's so, I always so go good. that I've got, you have to have more than one way to be getting your business. So mm -hmm. I couldn't just be that I was doing Google AdWords. So I couldn't just be any of these one things. I'm always looking to be multi ways yeah. of getting that. Yeah. Love that. So that's where I picked up my farm is what I did. So I still do do some Google AdWords, but now I'm trying to do, do I just can't help it. But then I do that, and then it's still, that's what I'm, just being searchable. Yeah. So when you say you do, uh, you still dabble or whatever in mm -hmm. Google AdWords, can you give us an example of what that means? So just, I mean, I've got to spend some money on it, it's, I feel like, because it still pays off in some way. Mm -hmm. I do it through. So do you buy keywords? Yes, or buy keywords it? like Walnut Creek, homes for sale kind of thing. Yep. So Walnut, and Renee, and making sure those are kind of, that I'm always there. Yeah. Yeah, so anything that. related to real estate. Yeah. Uh, but obviously the, the more common ones like list my home in Walnut Creek or sell my home in Walnut yeah, Creek, just, those are expensive. Those are expensive. So you don't no, buy those? No. Because no. you're, you're, you're wasting your money. Yeah, now it's, they're too expensive. So, and then and, and we used to offer something that other people can offer was, you know, I'll, I'll email you listings. Well, now everybody does that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they have to be looking for something unique. So you, yeah. you, you should be offering something, you know, a little more unique. I just want to make sure I'm found. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Let's hear it for our panelists. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.